Welcome to Women's Hoops and Talks, the What Podcast, where we are elevating the voice of women in basketball. I'm Tara. And I'm Cassidy. Thank you so much for listening today. Cassidy, just the two of us say it's been a while since we just got to talk about stuff. It's always awesome to have guests, but sometimes it's fun to just be the two of us too. So let's get to it. I'm down for that. All right. So last week when the Trailblazers came out with their newest video celebrating their 50th anniversary, the one that's called Growing Up Rip City, as soon as I saw it, I thought of you. So the icebreaker today is at what part of Growing Up Rip City do you start crying every time you watch it? (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Um... I'll have you go first on this one because I'm going to have to think a second. (laughs) So I'm sure everybody has seen it. But just in case people are like just waking up and rubbing sleep out of their eyes and they don't quite remember, this is the video that came out that like starts with babies and then goes all the way through this family grows up. And then there's this another generation. And all the time in the background, there's all these uh, there's basketball games on in the background all the time on TV. And I hold it together every time until towards the very end when they show Nurkic clapping. And I don't know why, (laughs) but like, you know, all those other moments are like, you know, they're, they're very exciting and they're triumphant and they're all, but, but the one with Nurkic coming down there, I think because I miss him so tremendously, (laughs) I really (laughs) want to have him back in town. And just because, Like that really showed not just the connection for the city loving the team, but how the players love Mm -hmm. the team and love the city as well. So I don't, that's where I usually lose it every time. (laughs) Okay. Well, oh man. Yes. I extra lose it there too. Um, But I've already lost it at that point. Um, For the most part, I've watched it a ridiculous amount of times. Um, the first time I watched it, I definitely started crying really soon. But now the one that gets me is when the little kid is in, under the sheet watching the shot by Dame. Yes. And I watching that kid. Up. Yeah. The, watching that kid and he's like trying to stay quiet, gets so excited. That is where I lose it every time because I was in the building for that shot and it was amazing. Um, But yeah. So for for that one... For that shot, the in my family, that was my middle son's. It was his prom night, and he had to go take the SATs the next morning. And <laughs> he was already like he didn't really wasn't super excited about going to that prom because he also knew he had to get up early. And then there was mm-hmm. a blazer game, and he actually really wanted to watch the blazer game, but he told mm-hmm. these people to go to the prom with blah blah blah. So before he left for the prom, he was like can you pick me up at halftime? <laughs> so so I was like, okay. So like, I went down and I drove to, it was like at the art museum or whatever. And mm-hmm. so he begged off and I picked him up at the art museum and I was listening to the game. And then, you know, it was like the fourth quarter and like we, for, there was like traffic or something. It took us a really long time to get home. So basically we were in the driveway at the end of the fourth quarter and we were just, we just sat in the driveway and didn't get out of the car and listened to the end of the game 
And then right after Chandler Parsons hit that shot, we looked at each other and ran into the house as fast as we could. And just as we were walking in is when the shot happened. (laughs) So we got Mm -hmm. to see it and we erupted like everybody else did. And my poor youngest son was like asleep. It was and he like just woke up and came running out of his room like, what's going on? What's going on? So anyway, that was a little diversion. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah, I realized I said I was in the building for that one. I was in the building for the B-Roy one they show. And then I was at home for the the, the Damien one. But so good. Ugh. The other part that I love is the lady in the bathroom screaming. Oh, yeah. Oh, I relate so much to that. I locked myself in a closet. I was like, I was pretty young. Locked myself in a closet for a very long time after that game. And just yelled a lot. <laughs> Yeah, that was the 2000 Western Conference Mm -hmm. finals. Yeah, broke a hairbrush. I remember that. Yeah. (laughs) And there, I loved the scene too with where they're singing along to Bust a Bucket. And so we'll talk a little bit about that later. But yeah. Yeah, everybody I know and even people who like don't care about the Blazers. I like made everybody sit and watch that. Even people who (laughs) didn't care about the Blazers at all. And I'm like, you're going to love this anyway. And they were like, oh, that was really sweet. And I'm like, great, you're coming to a game with me. (laughs) (laughs) This is how we get them all. It is. Um, Yeah. So uh, we've talked a little bit about the video. Should we talk a little bit about statistics? Yeah, (laughs) let's talk some basketball. Let's get all basketball-y for a little while. And uh, yeah. I am getting very excited about this season. I think it's going to be a crazy season all over the NBA, and I am very stoked. Well, we haven't seen this much turnover since the year Lamar mm-hmm. has left, really. Yeah. It's for us, and then the rest of the league is just, like, different. That is true. I guess Everywhere. the year that Lamarcus left, there was some turnover in the league, but it wasn't like it was this season. Yeah. It's going to be bonkers. I'm going to need to have, like, flow charts every time I watch a game of, like, how that person got to that team. Because I'm like, I don't know where you were. <laughs> yeah, I know. And I wonder how many people are, you know, going to play the same way with their new team as they play with the old team. That's the thing I'm, like, really stuck on right mm-hmm. now is, like, how are how are people's games going to change? Like, I'm so fascinated by the how Harden and Westbrook are going to look together. Yeah. I just, I don't know. Like, what do you think? I mean, are they going to just, like, click? Like, part of me is afraid that they're just going to click, and then part of me is, like, it's never going to work. Yeah. I just, that one I just am going to have to see to believe in any sense of the word because I just have no idea what it's going to look like. Um, Also, just with the way they play that Houston has played in the last few years, it just... I'm confused. Who's going to have the ball <laughs> most of the time? Who is going to be taking what shots? Um, but it'll be entertaining. One thing, you know, is between Harden and Westbrook anyway, which, if either of them, is going to change their game more. I mean, I would assume it's probably going to be Westbrook, but I don't know. But let's talk about the Blazers. So um, we're going to talk about specific things that we're each planning on watching for this season. So do you want to start with something you're going to be watching for? Yes. So in a statistic that I feel is somewhat frivolous, but I still love it, uh, the triple-double 
<laughs> um, so between the years of 2014 and 2018, the Blazers did not have a single triple-double. Uh, no one had one. Then on January 16th of 2019, uh, Nurkic changed all that with the 10-10-10-5 game. Ten days later, CJ McCollum goes for 28-10-10. Uh, flash forward to April, April 1st, not April Fool's Day for us. Evan Turner with a 13-11-10. Two days later, E.T. strikes again with a 13-10-11. So, I know the triple-doubles don't matter, but we went from no triple-doubles to four triple-doubles real fast. And I'm wondering how many triple-doubles will we see this season? Well, and also, who's going to get them? Yes, that is – there's so much intrigue because, I mean, I don't know if any of us – I guess – you kind of could see everybody who got a triple-double last year getting one, but we still haven't seen our Dame one, which I know we'll eventually see, but I know he just, that's not the statistic. He's not going to chase it. Yeah, and, you know, Hazonia seems like he Mm -hmm. could be a guy who, in the right circumstances, could Mm -hmm. go off maybe like in a lopsided game where he gets, you know, more time than usual. Uh, Maybe Anfernee. I mean, people are pretty high on Anfernee. And, you know, I guess it's it's possible. I um, want to see it with uh, Whiteside and Blocks. Blocks rebounds points. That's my goal. That's my dream. Count Blockula. Come back. Yeah, that's that's always possible. I don't know. I'm I wonder if I wonder if CJ gets another one before Damien gets his first. And I like. I wonder why. I mean, I guess CJ got his because he was close and then they fed him. <laughs> yeah. And Dame got close a lot and then got taken out of games. Yeah. And he doesn't stay stay on the court for yeah. this. Yeah. He's not going to ask to stay on the court for a triple-double. It's just going to either – it's going to happen. It's going to be one of those games where it happens in like a and a half. Mm-hmm. And we're going to be like, what? Yeah. I, that's true. Yeah. It's going to be just some yeah. like – First quarter triple double. That's just like what just happened. Yeah. Um, do you have a, a a guess as to how many, or are you just like completely open to however many it's going to be? I'm open to however many it's going to be. You have an over. I don't. I don't think it's going to be over four. Yeah. Okay. You think I think that- we're. In, I think three, maybe, mm-hmm. maybe. But I'm. I'd be happy to see any number or no number, as long as we're winning. Okay, that sounds yeah. good. So winning plus triple doubles. We'll see how many of those yeah. games we have. They have. Absolutely. How's that? Yeah, I will take it. I will take it. <laughs> um, how about how about rebounding? Okay, so I was having this conversation with my buddy at work named Keith. Shout out to Keith. Keith is awesome. He is a youth coach, and I love talking to him because he's just full of that like youth coach you know, wisdom and like his whole thing is teaching his kids, be a good teammate and value every possession. And like every conversation that we have around basketball ends with that, with, I just want them to be a good teammate and I just want them to value possessions. So I think about that all the time with the Blazers and what we were talking about earlier today was uh, we were talking about at the end of all those games against the Denver Nuggets in the playoffs and the Denver 
team would get a shot, they'd miss it, they'd get an offensive rebound, they'd miss it, they'd get another offensive rebound, they'd miss it, they'd get another offensive rebound, they'd miss it, and we'd all be going, um, are you gonna grab the ball? And then they'd get another offensive rebound, and eventually, like, five offensive rebounds later, they'd put it in. (laughs) And I remember that was so frustrating to watch, especially in that, uh, in that Denver series. So the thing that I'm gonna be watching is how many offensive rebounds do the opponents get? Because what the way Keith and I were talking about it, he was like, you know, they gotta, they're just gonna have to be better on defense this year. And I was like, I don't think that this team is built to like be great on defense. But his point was, is like, it doesn't mean you have to go out there and have like all kinds of fancy defensive schemes. You just gotta protect the ball. And if they shoot the ball and miss, you grab that ball and you do not let them have it. And I was like, okay, I can see that. Yes. Mm-hmm. Let's get some more uh let's get some more defensive rebounds and prevent the other team from getting um um offensive rebounds. So last year during the season, opponents got 10.3, which put them kind of in the middle of the road as far as opponent offensive rebounds went. And then in the playoffs it went up quite a bit to 12.9. Um which for the playoffs that was the second most not not good but you were talking about white side and mm-hmm. that kind of seems like that might be one that we might see some movement in the right direction yeah i think i think it's his his uh he's not known necessarily i think for being an offensive rebounder but he's definitely known for getting rebounds um i think it'll be interesting to see how many rebounds he gets uh, like how they're distributed amongst the team. Cause I don't know if there is necessarily like someone else who's going to just go after every single rebound the way that he does. Like he just wants the ball. Mm-hmm. And so I, it'll be, it'll be interesting. I think, I think it'll be interesting to see what happens when Nurt comes back. I think there's Zach Collins and I'm so excited to see what Zach does this year. What do you think? Well, he, He's never been like the most aggressive yeah. rebounder. So I'm curious to see, and especially next to Whiteside, how that is going to uh, turn out. Um, but, you know, so I'm, I'm calling up the last year's how the rebounds were distributed. Let's take a look. Because, okay, so as far as rebounds... So Nurkic uh, averaged the most, followed by Cantor. Um, and then Aminu at 7.5. Wow. Yeah. So he's gone, obviously. Then we have Damian Lillard at 4.6. Then Evan Turner, he's gone, 4.5. Maurice mm-hmm. Harkless, 4.5. And then we have Zach Collins at 4.2. And then CJ. And then a, a whole bunch of guys who are all gone. <laughs> Myers Leonard, Jake Lehman, Caleb Swanigan, uh, Stauskas. Finally, we get down to Hood, and Hood had 1.7. So, like, I mean, I don't know that White, I guess it's possible that Whiteside could get all of the starting centers, plus a whole bunch of what uh, Farouk Aminu was getting and a whole bunch of what Arkless was getting, or some of those could fall to Zach. I just, in my head, there's just going to be a lot of crashing into each other under the basket for the first two months. <laughs> Yeah, I think with any given new 
this many new players, I think there's automatically going to be some like running into each other. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's bound to happen. Um, but to count like, and the other side of that is Whiteside averaged 11.4 rebounds last year. Okay. How many of them were offensive? Do you have that in front of you? Um, or no, that's his career. He averaged, he averaged 11.3 last year out of that 3.6 were offensive. Ooh, that's not a lot. Well, Mm -hmm. I guess actually, you know what? That is, that is actually not far off of what Nurkic was doing. He had 3.4 offensive rebounds for a total of 10.4. So he really wasn't getting a white side isn't getting is not getting less offensive rebounds. So maybe I don't know. I just if when Jokic comes to town, I do not want him getting four shots at a shot. No, <laughs> I don't basket. It's so frustrating to watch that happen. So however, whoever is going for it. Yeah. Just, just get the rebound. Don't let him have it. Just don't let Jokic have it. Right. Or anybody. Um, okay, yeah. So so that's one of the things I'm going to be looking for is how many offensive rebounds do opponents get? What's something else that you're going to be keeping your eye on? Well, you keep saying it's the year of CJ. Yes. And so now you have me thinking about CJ and what's going to happen. And I know that he mentions uh, some things that he's been working on over the summer. And I'm wondering, uh, last year, CJ got about 9.4 drives per game. To the through the lane compared to Dame getting about thirteen point three. Do you think CJ is going to get to the to the hoop a little bit more through the lane? So yeah, I think he talked about trying to be more aggressive and adding that because like he the, he owns the mid range right like he owns that and he's fine from three as well. So that's just that's kind of the last frontier, I guess for him, um, and. Like, I don't think he'll be, like, dunking and catching alley-oops. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. uh, drives drives make sense, mm-hmm. you know? And maybe, he, I mean, his, like, Dame has played so hard and thrown his body around yes. so much. I mean, he's not, like, at Russell Westbrook levels, but he's pretty far up there in terms of the amount of, you know, contact that he takes and everything. And I don't know if... CJ might be able to take on a little bit of that, or if that's something that fits in with CJ's style. I don't know. What do you think? Do you think that might go up? Yeah, I think I think it will go a little bit up. I'm also just I, every time I watch Dame go into the drive and he just goes flying, I'm just like ah, um, because it's so hard to watch. Um, I think anyone just go flying like that out of uh, going up, and I feel like Dame gets hit specifically hard when he's up there um and so i think watching cj get to the line more but i'm also or get through the lane more but i'm also kind of wondering if having more i don't know i guess having a bigger guy down there uh and having both Whiteside and nurkic when that eventually happens if there's any way to like get people like moving away from them i don't know um I think I think CJ is definitely going to end up attacking the basket a lot more. I think especially once you start trusting your teammates a little bit more to be making those shots so you have the ability to dish it out or keep going to that hoop. Uh, mm. So I think as the season progresses, we might see even more increase and they may not be going directly for points, but for assists at that point, because I think 
getting that trust factor amongst so many players that are new and to be able to say, yeah, if I go in here and it's not looking good near that rim, uh, I can get it out to, you know, this person, this person or this person. You have more confidence in doing so because you have a backup plan. Interesting. So more uh, drives to the hoop, but not necessarily for buckets, sometimes passing it out. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Or just moving the ball around. I think getting – Getting people off guard, getting people off uh, off other players and moving them towards CJ can open up a lot of possibilities. There's been so much buzz about them as the backcourt. Did you see the article that came out today in, gosh, was it Bleacher Report calling them the number one uh, backcourt in the league now? Yeah, I did see that. Clay is out. Mm-hmm. I think it's it was, yeah, it's Bleacher Report ranking it. So that is pretty. Uh, I mean, no news to us, right? What but, I'm hoping is that shows up on the scouting report, and then they have to work harder trying to decide which one they're going to double mm-hmm. and get themselves caught. And um, what I'm hoping is the timing works out so that. In November, teams haven't quite got that figured out yet because November's that part of the schedule looks absolutely brutal. So I'm hoping that teams are still trying to figure out how to handle Dame and CJ. And if later on they figure it out, that's okay because the schedule will have lightened up a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> so hopefully it'll take them a little while to figure it out. Mm-hmm. What about um, CJ getting to the line? I want to see it more. Uh, I know he's he only averaged about two or two point seven. Uh, attempts at the line last year. Uh, so getting to the line was not necessarily the biggest strength for CJ, uh, but I guess that's also comes down to the way games are called. But Dame averaged about 6.4 and Nurkic with 5.1 in comparison. So I think if he's going to go to the basket a little bit more, he's going to end up at the line a little bit more. You know what I could see happening? Oh my gosh. People are going to love, hate this uh, if it happens. <laughs> um so everybody hates how Harden gets all those calls, right? Mm-hmm. But, but guess who else gets a lot of those calls? Damian Lillard gets a lot of those calls. He knows how to play the rules to get mm-hmm. get those uh, fouls called from the, the ripping ones or whatever those yeah. ones are. Uh, how about if CJ adds that to his bag too? I'd I could, love it. I, I could see CJ getting – a more like savvy in terms of learning how to mm-hmm. draw fouls. So not so much getting fouled because he's like going to the basket more, but getting savvier in terms yeah. of um, tricking players into yeah. fouling him. Oh my gosh. I would love that so much. What if both Dame and CJ were just, just yeah. like everybody would just be tearing their hair out. That would be amazing. And I also think part of, part of that was also Dame getting better at, explaining exactly to officials what was happening so that when he's on the, when it comes down to it to the next round, they see exactly what he just said. And so they call it the next time. And so, cause you see Dame explaining a lot of things to exactly how players are doing something to officials. And then you'll see it called on the other end. And it's interesting. And I'm wondering if we'll see CJ do a little bit more of that as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I could see him using using that to his advantage learning because uh, that seems like something that it takes a while to figure oh, out yeah. and it seems like something that he could uh that he could figure out well there's one more thing that i'm interested in 
Um, and that is how are assists going to be distributed this season? Now I have given up hope that the Blazers <laughs> are going to be a team that gets a whole bunch of assists. They're just not built that way. They just don't have the personnel, I guess. I guess it's, you know, Damien being, they have a lot of guys who can create their own shots and they still like, you know, they're just no matter how, where I look, they're either 24th or 25th. And so last season they were number 25 in the league um, with 23, uh, 23 assists per game. So, but what I'm curious about is how are they going to be distributed this year? Um, Cause again, like, are Dame and CJ's number going to be exactly the same? And are they just going to go to different players? Um, or are some of these, you know, what about the assists that came from guys who left? Because Evan Turner averaged uh-huh. 3.9 assists last season. And, you know, Yusuf, when he was in, was 3.2. Ennis Cantor had 1.4. Um, but... Aminu had 1.3, Harkless had 1.2, Myers Leonard had 1.2, Seth had almost one. I mean, again, it's like Damon CJ and then everybody else, you know, combined for, um, you know, a similar amount. And those, a lot of those guys are gone. So yeah, who's going to pick up the mantle and how are they going to be distributed? Because the other thing is, at least historically, Hassan Whiteside is not an assist guy. Yeah. <laughs> Dan yeah. calls him a black hole in terms of like the 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 ball ends with him. Like mm-hmm. his next thing is I have the ball, do everything I can to put it in the basket. Yeah. Um I'm hoping that's his area of growth. <laughs> um I really am. That's my secret hope for all of this is that he gets excited about passing cuz I think it could be so fun to watch Dame go up there and then Hassan just throws him the ball and then bam. And it'd be great. Um, I think it's going to have to be a team effort though. <laughs> yeah. You know, I feel like Zach could, uh, yeah. could develop in that. Like, I don't know that he might take a, a huge leap in that, but Zach seems like a guy who really like perfects, one thing at a time. And once he gets to a point where he's figured out how to like, hold on to rebounds and (laughs) what to do with them. You know, he had some sweet little passes every Mm -hmm. once in a while. He'd have a nice little one where, you know, a behind the back or like under the basket. Um, You know, if he and Hassan get in a nice rhythm, maybe he'll be uh, handing him over to Hassan. And, you know, someone's got to lob him up to Mario Hazonia as well. Yeah, he's going to oh, be l- sky uh, high. Oh, I want to definitely see the Zach to Hazonia throw constantly. That's That'd be so fun. Yeah. yeah. Or, or do Damian and CJ just get more? Yeah. I mean, that's, that's fine, too. That's more the other assists. option. <laughs> I just want more assists. They're so fun to watch. I just don't think it's going to happen. I, just, I know. I just think they are what they are. And, like, the, the, the way that they're built, they have – guys who can get their own shots and and so many of their assists are those like curl around you know flares yeah but it's like they're not even that even flashy (laughs) but Uh, yeah 
So we covered how many triple doubles are they going to get? How many offensive rebounds will opponents get? How many times is CJ going to drive? How many times is CJ going to get to the line? And how are assists going to be distributed? Anything else you can think of in terms of, uh, you know, what you've been thinking of this week anyway? (laughs) Not so far this week, uh, but I definitely have been, I have so many questions and I'm just so excited for the season to start because I feel like so many things will be answered once I can just watch them all play together. Yeah. Yeah. But at this point, you're just kind of putting pieces together and you don't actually quite understand how it's all going to fit until it happens. Well, and so the other thing is, is I'm just assuming that things are going to be basically the same and Stotts is just going to, you know, switch out last year's player and insert this year's new player because so many of the players that they came in, you know, in a lot of ways were similar or, you know, I mean, like if Anthony is supposed to do what Seth Curry did and um, if, you know, uh, Zach Collins is supposed to do what Aminu did, if Bazemore is supposed to do the same things that Harkless did, but all these guys are supposed to do this with the added offensive, uh, you know, firepower, then like, is everything going to, are they going to be running the same sets, running the same plays, doing all, is the, is the scheme going to be basically the same just with different guys slotted in? Or are they going to blow it up and do something completely different? I just, it seems completely against the way they've always done things to like completely blow up the scheme. Mm-hmm. But, but I'm wrong all the time. <laughs> so um, I, I don't think the scheme's going away, but I think there's going to have to be tweaks to the scheme. I, I mean, they're losing, they've lost two thirds of their starting lineup two thirds of their starting lineup is going to be different. So yeah, I don't, it's, it's going to be fascinating. Well, let's take a break and remember to, because I'm going to insert the ad in here and then do our, uh, the beginning of our 2020 playlist. Okay. You ready to do the 2020 playlist? I am so ready. So we're going to get one started tonight. And then as we have guests, we're going to have them add songs to it. So we'll create like a YouTube playlist and we'll put our songs in it. And then as we have other guests or if people want to write in with suggestions, we can add those songs to that playlist. So we'll always have our 2020 playlist that like you can listen to at work or wherever you are. That's what I do. Sometimes I'll just, Mm -hmm. I I have our old playlists and I'll just like listen to them at work sometime or while I'm working on the podcast. So uh, would you like to start or should I start? I'll give it, I'll, I'll get it started a little bit here. Um, so the Blazers are going to be hosting quite a few themed home games this year in honor of the 50 year anniversary. And so they are going by the decades. So I've put together a few decade classics that I will be very disappointed if I don't hear in their arena, the nights (laughs) of those games. So we're kicking off the decades in November Uh, On the second against the 76ers, it's very appropriate because, you know, the 70s, the 76ers, 1977, 
a great year for Blazers. And also, it gave Queen the inspiration. Just kidding. But it should have. For We Are the Champions, released in October of 1977. So, for the 70s night, I'm sure we will be hearing uh, cheers. We will be hearing Queen. And we will be hearing, hopefully, Portland beating Philadelphia to win. And then we can just celebrate like we celebrated the championship. I just always assumed that Queen wrote We Are the Champions about the Trailblazers. Because it came out in uh, 1977. So yeah. I, I, they probably watched it and they were like, we need to write a song. And so they did. <laughs> I love it. Perfect yes. way to start off our <laughs> playlist. What else you got? What do you have for the 80s? Okay. The 80s. Um well, I've got a personal favorite that I think is just a classic. Uh, our 80s game is going to be on December 20th against the Orlando Magic. And my favorite 80s basketball-related song is just called Basketball by Curtis Blow. If you've not watched the uh, music video to this, you just need to stop what you're doing and go watch it. And then come back to the, the podcast because it's fantastic. It's wonderful. It's so 80s. It's so basketball um, there's a lot of basketball, talking basketball. Um, <laughs> it's it's wonderful. Uh, I actually played it at my work the other day and made everyone dance with me. So I highly recommend uh, checking out Curtis Blow's Basketball for 80s night. Get yourself pumped for that Orlando Magic game. <laughs> it sounds perfect, especially, especially, especially against Orlando. It seems like it'll be perfect. Yeah. Yeah, I think they'll appreciate it. So then the 90s, this one's pretty obvious to me, uh, are January 26th. We're going to be playing the Pacers. And I think that if we do not hear Rip City Rhapsody at least 15 times <laughs> during the game, I will be disappointed. Um, it is a classic. It is a Portland traditional legend. Um, I don't know what you call it, but I feel like any respectable long-term Blazers fan is going to know Rip City Rhapsody. I yes. want a live recreation of the video I in know. the arena that night. Oh my God. So it could be like, <laughs> like they, like people like take their Christmas, like they recreate their like family Christmas photo or whatever. Mm -hmm. And so you're thinking that they need to recreate the Rip City Rhapsody video. That would be amazing. Except for, R.I.P. Jerome wouldn't be able to be in it. Um, but, you know, they could get somebody or they or the current Blazers could maybe redo yes. it. I am I'm down for any and all possibilities uh, when relating to Rip City Rhapsody. I, I got into it one time with somebody who was arguing with me that that was a dumb song. And I was like, what is your problem? Rip City Rhapsody is classic. And they were like, well, it wasn't really a good song. I'm like. Okay, musically, maybe it's not the most sophisticated thing, but that was a good song. And they, I mean, for what it was, Rip City Rhapsody was an amazing song. And I do hope they play it 15 times on January 26th versus the Pacers. But then we may never want to hear it again, at least for a really long time. I listen to it 15 times on a regular. So okay, don't so you worry. You will be fine. <laughs> I'll be okay. Um, for the 2000s, we're playing the Detroit Pistons on February 23rd, and I've got a first half song and a second half song. Oh. For the first half, I better hear Can I Get a Headband like a million times. Everyone better be in a headband. This should be required. Um, yeah, they should hand out headbands at the door. 
Uh, for sure. Uh, if you haven't watched that video, go do it right now. Um, so, so that was early 2000s. I was thinking yeah, that was... I think um, that was the 2000. Okay. Yeah, because it was 1990 and then 2000 oh. on those. Yeah, just the beginning. But I think some other fans will appreciate my second half song. Uh, I don't know if anybody remembers the Ball Don't Lie Shakira pa- parody about Rudy Fernandez when he got into the dunk competition. Uh, it's classic. I do not remember that one. Can you please explain? Uh, so it is to uh, Shakira's Hips Don't Lie, but it is all about Rudy Fernandez's dunking abilities. And it's called Ball Don't Lie, which I think is an amazing nod to Sheed at the same time, whether that was intended or not. I love it. Um, we will make sure that there's a link to to that YouTube video because it is fantastic. I actually downloaded it and made people listen to, to it constantly. Um, I had it on my iPod. I loved it. You're really a tastemaker, basically. Yeah. I mean, I have great, great. <laughs> I do not have great musical taste, but I have good taste in basketball music. <laughs> well, and uh, hey, shout out to Rudy and Victor Claver. Um, and our new Pau Gasol. <laughs> well, but Pau didn't play. Was he not on that team? No. He's he just congratulating people like he was. Okay. But Mark was on the team. Mark went off. Yeah. Mark was great. Um, but Rudy, I, I didn't even recognize him. Like, mm-hmm. he, I was just like, wait, who's this guy? That, and I was like, oh, my God, that's Rudy. But congratulations to him. And I hope he celebrated with Ball Don't Lie because that's a that's a legendary song. <laughs> Victor, Victor Clever. I, I guess Sergio wasn't on that team. Mm-hmm. But Victor was. World champion Victor Claver. Good for him. Okay, so I'm definitely going to check that out. All right, what's your final decade night song? Yeah. For to the 2010s. Uh, on March 10th, we'll be playing The Suns. And for this one, I went a little off the wall. The Trailblazers theme song, frequently heard on the Trailblazers uh, uh, broadcast, but my favorite rendition by March 4th Marching Band. Aha, uh-huh. yes. And that was... That was a a brief uh they played it before the games on the TV, right? Mm-hmm. That was yeah. like the intro music. Yeah. Kind of like Portugal the Man was for a little while. They were like the early two mm-hmm. thousands Portugal the Man blazer yeah. connection. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right on. The so the week before song. you can go to the March fourth March Yeah. So the week before I go to the March fourth March show. Uh and then March 4th, on March, March 10th, 4th show. <laughs> yes, the March 4th, March 4th show. That is hard to say. And then on March 10th, go watch the Suns play against the Blazers. Right on. Well, we will add all of those to our 2020 playlist. Love it. Awesome. So what songs are you adding to the playlist? So I went in a little bit different direction. I chose songs for specific players. Um, or that reminded me of specific players. But the first one is kind of a general song for dedicated to all the new guys on the team because there's so many of them. And it's Linda Ronstadt's classic, It's So Easy to Fall in Love, because I'm going to tell you right now that I'm going to fall in love with all of them, just like I do every year. All the players, I just love them like they're my own children, and I want them to succeed and do well. So for uh, all the new guys, Linda Ronstadt's 
It's so easy to fall in love, which is also a very catchy tune, by the way. Wonderful. So that's for the new guys. Now, for CJ, I've just – like you know, like I said, season of CJ. Um, The other night, I was watching CJ McCollum highlight videos, and a Lionel Richie song came on, and I was like, oh, my God, that is perfect. CJ is so smooth, and if you play a little Lionel Richie in the background, it looks like they were made to play together, to be together. So for CJ, I'm going to go with All Night Long. Um, also, because, you know, the last four years, he's been in the top six in distance traveled, so he can run all night long. And he's also just generally so, so smooth, just like that song. So, like... And you know how he can kind of dribble and lull people into sleep or like to turn around or whatever. Here's one of the stanzas for people who uh, are not familiar with All Night Long. People dancing all in the street, see the rhythm all in their feet. Life is good, wild and sweet. Let the music play on. Feel it in your heart and feel it in your soul. Let the music take control. And if that doesn't scream CJ McCollum, I don't know what does. Perfect. So that's CJ. Moving on to Rodney Hood. I'm dedicating Katy Perry's firework to him because <laughs> I just want him to have a fantastic, fabulous, fantabulous, awesome year where he can be proud of himself. We can be all proud of him. And I just think I just get so pumped up every time I hear that song. So I just want that to be Rodney Hood's song. <laughs> he might not want he might not pick that song out for himself, but I am picking it out for him. <laughs> he's gonna have a great year because baby he's our firework oh that was amazing <laughs> <laughs> so the last two songs that i picked out are for, um by artists who we've recently lost or at least not too long so for damian lillard i chose a tom petty song i love tom petty um and his song won't back down is just so damian lillard to me I just think of that song playing with Damian Lillard on the bottom of the pile, looking up and nodding into the camera. It's just like, I am not going to back down. So that's my Damian Lillard song. And to round it out, um, Rick Ocasek of the Cars just passed away earlier this week. And uh, he has the song, or they had the song, Just What I Needed. Who's just what the Blazers need right now? Well, we're hoping it's Hassan Whiteside. So I am projecting all my positive energy into Hassan Whiteside and the Cars song, Just What I Needed, because he is, right now, he could be just what we needed. And I think Portland could be just what he needed. Yes, exactly. It's a two-way street there. I hadn't thought about that, but you're exactly right. Mm -hmm. So... Perfect. That is my start to the 2020 playlist. And you've got yours. And we'll put those all together into a YouTube playlist. And it'll be awesome. And we'll just add as we have guests. They can add their own songs. And people who are listening, go ahead and tweet at us or send us emails or tell us what songs remind you of the Trailblazers this season. And we will add them to the list. Well, I think that we should probably wrap it up now, Cassidy. We... um touched on some basketball and some fun well why don't you tell people where they can find you awesome well you can find me at cassidy gamut on twitter and you can find me at tcb biggs 
You can find the podcast at Hoops and Talks. You can also write us emails because what, Cassidy? We love email! Our email address is hoopsandtalks at gmail.com. So we have a list of things that you should write, consider writing into us about. One, you should tell us what songs remind you of the 2020 season. Uh, cookie recipes. Icebreaker ideas. Uh, do we have anything else? Questions, comments. What are you looking forward to? What stats are you going to be watching? We want to know what people are thinking about. And if you write us, we'll read it and we can talk about it. That would be awesome. Yay. You can also follow the podcast in the Blazer's Edge podcast feed. You subscribe and you'll get two podcasts every week. And we will keep putting out content even though the season hasn't quite started, but it is just around the corner. We've got some exciting guests lined up to talk to. So make sure that you subscribe so that you don't miss any of them. And I think that's going to about do it for us. So thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next time.